0: To thank you so much for your thoughts and prayers for our family last weekend as we had a memorial service for my father. It was a wonderful time of remembering his life. My dad had many ministries he was involved in, in the church that he attended, but one of his most effective was an informal ministry that he had out in the atrium of the church that we uh, grew up at, and that was just listening to people, people who were struggling in life. And he would just stand there and engage in a conversation with someone, and they would pour their soul out, and he would ask questions of clarification, and he would just minister to them. And he would encourage them and love them and and pray for them. My dad taught me how to, to love people through listening to them. And this morning we're going to be talking about the art of listening. As we conclude our Art of Marriage series that we've been going through over the last couple months. Hopefully it's been an encouragement to you. Again, part of our heartstrong Strong vision this is to strengthen families and marriages so we'll be doing many more things to encourage you and your marriages but this is a great kickoff and i would encourage you to go on the internet and go to our website uh, get the podcast re-listen to some of these messages or maybe you want to buy the cds if that's easier Uh, for maybe someone else in your neighborhood that might be struggling in their marriage, or they can get them off the Internet. But let's uh, continue to think about these things, because it takes a long time to change patterns in a relationship. When you listen to somebody, you meet their, their deepest needs. We read in Philippians 2, 3, and 4. These are our memory verses for the month of May. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So when you're truly listening to someone, when all of your energies are zeroed in on someone and listening to their needs, their concerns, what they want to talk about, you're truly following these verses. You're putting them before yourself. And you know, you know what it's like to be truly listened to. When, when, when I'm truly listened to, and my wife, she's a great listener, I, I feel like I matter. I feel like uh, that I'm important. I feel like I'm appreciated. I feel like I'm someone special. And that's a beautiful gift that you give to someone. And if you're going to have a healthy marriage relationship, you really need to learn the art of listening. And I also want to challenge you guys as we have a heart-strong vision for cultivating a relationship with Jesus one-on-one. Having that daily office, spending time with Him to, to make Scripture memory an important part of your walk with God. And we give you a couple verses each month to memorize. And so I encourage you to, again, if you have another Scripture memory program going, uh, to take these verses and really learn them and meditate upon them and, and make them your own and let the Holy Spirit speak uh, through that. In fact, if you could take your program out at this time and you can pull out the message notes and follow along there and make notes as you... Uh, Listen to uh, the word being taught and then tear off the communication slip. Put down the names of people who are here today, the adults. If you're a regular tender, if you're our guest, thanks so much for being with us. You can fill out the rest of the information, any prayer requests. But in terms of the next steps underneath the name, uh, if you would like to say, hey, I want to memorize this particular uh, verse, uh, Philippians 2, 3 and 4, circle Uh, number three, circle number three. So we're always about what are we taking away today in order to continue to grow in our relationship with God? Let's look at the well-known passage about listening in James 119. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Interesting how that's phrased. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I don't know about you, but I'm slow to listen, and quick to speak, and quick to become angry. And that's what the verse is here. I mean, God knows that. That's the way we are. And He says, listen, you need to... You need to live supernaturally. You need to have supernatural relationships through the power of my Son. So pray that God would fill us with the power in order to do these type of things in our everyday conversations. To be quick to listen. What are you quick to do? But whenever you get a text message, people are quick to check out what the text is. Who, who is it from? What wonderful thing do they want to communicate? Uh, with me or you're quick to eat your favorite food I'm quick to do that uh quick to watch your favorite TV show usually you're quick to do things that you enjoy and what God is saying is that you should be quick to listen that should be something you want to do that should be something that's just part of your normal life that that's your first response quick to listen but unfortunately, the way we're wired we're Quick to speak. Oh, we love to speak. We love to share our opinions. We love to tell other people exactly the way life should be done. Uh, We love to talk about ourselves. We're quick to speak. And we're quick to become angry, too. Oh, yeah, I mean, if we've been wronged in any way, if someone has said something that's hurtful, oh, oh, we're there. We're there, right? What about being quick to listen? You see, he was speaking to people 2000 years ago they didn't have much entertainment the main way they entertained themselves was talking to one another listening to stories things like that so i mean these people had a problem because they were selfish like us uh, how much more do we have a problem in our culture today when there's so many distractions we're just all consumed with with entertainment you now we got our smartphones on us. We can be entertained anywhere with our smartphones. Middle of the night, you know, <laughs> go on the internet, you know, that kind of thing. You know, we just never stop. It's always something. We got, you know, favorite TV shows lined up on the DVR, and we got our computers, and we're texting each other, and all of that kind of thing. And the one thing that we're not doing enough of is listening to one another. Sometimes in our house. You know, we'll have three different laptops in the living room. And some are on social networking sites. What's wrong with that picture? (laughs) But that is the American household today, right? Yeah. We're so consumed with all these electronics and all these things that keep our mind busy that it keeps us away from learning the art of truly listening to other people. And it's such an important skill that God values and wants in our life. So let's talk about some hearing distractions. What keeps you from truly listening to someone? Well, it's called presumption. That's number one. Presumption is to presume, to assume you have knowledge of something. Proverbs eighteen thirteen. He who answers before listening, that is his folly and shame. Have you ever answered your spouse before listening? And again, this, this whole message applies to relationships with your kids, listening to them, listening to your friends. So if you're not married, this all applies to you. But uh, we'll keep in the context of mirrors a lot of the examples. Uh, he answers before listening. And I've been guilty of that many times. Because, you see, I believe, like many of you believe, that I have a sixth sense, this mysterious power. And my wife fully doesn't appreciate. And that I am a mind reader. Yes, I can read my wife's mind. I've been married a long time to her. So I know exactly what she's thinking. And I know what she wants. And I know her motives, you know. So sometimes when she goes into a particular Pattern of conversation, I check out because I know what she's going to say. I know what she's going to ask. I've already made my mind up. Don't confuse me with the facts. All right? Okay? And that is wrong, isn't it? But we all engage in mind reading. It's, It's lazy. We are lazy listeners when we engage in mind reading. We don't want to think. We don't want to listen. It takes a lot of energy to listen and to understand. But we we just say, oh, "I know what the deal is," and I'll listen and go on for a while, and then I'll just give the answer. I always give. That is presuming, and that is a barrier to true listening. Another barrier is impatience, and this is a big one. Did you realize that uh, the average person speaks in a hundred and fifty? words a minute, but that the average person can listen at 650 words a minute. So you got a 500-word boredom factor going in there. So you're sitting there listening to your spouse, and they are going so slow, and you've heard some of this stuff before, and, and your mind is just all over the place. You're distracted by whatever you might be thinking about and what you're going to say next, right? That's a common problem uh, that we have. And we don't tune in and our spouse can tell and another person can tell if you're really listening to them and that's why you need to work so hard on it and really focus your mind in and if you're like this many times what you'll do is you'll interrupt right you'll interrupt don't you hate people who finish your sentences right or fill in words for you it's kind of like shut up just let me talk okay all right uh, that's presumption. Uh, you become impatient. Uh, just let them finish their sentences. Uh, one thing, guys, you should never say is "get to the point." Okay, that that, that doesn't work, <laughs> right? You're, you're thinking that you're saying, "Would you get to the point?" You know. Now, to be fair, for some of you who are overly verbal, okay. Uh sometimes there are some people who, who go to great extents to recreate the whole scene, the details, the smells in the room, the wallpaper. <laughs> you know, I mean, you need to work on that as well, you know, depending upon who you're married to. But uh, husbands, we have a full responsibility to listen to our wives, even when they're giving us unnecessary details, uh, in our opinion. Not that that ever happens, but uh yeah another thing we do is we jump to conclusions. It's like uh the story of the guy who was car was broken down and so he weighed down a motorist happened to be a woman and she got out and he said, "What can I help you with?" and he said, "Well you know my 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 car battery is dead it's an automatic transmission, so what I need you to do is just get behind my car and just kind of Push me in, get me up to about 30 to 35 miles an hour, and then I should be able to start the car. So he gets in his car and he waits and uh, can't figure out what's taking so long. Where did where'd she go? And he looks in his rearview mirror and all of a sudden he sees her. He sees her car barreling toward him at 30 to five, 35 miles an hour. <laughs> Not quite listening. I, and, and we can just miss things. Uh, when we're not listening carefully, Proverbs 29:20 20 says, "Do you see a man who speaks in haste? That there's more hope for a fool than for him." Uh, we speak too quickly. We've got to slow down and listen. Proverbs 19:11 says, "A man's wisdom gives him patience. It's to his glory to overlook an offense." A man's wisdom gives him patience. The most difficult listening that can take place is when there's some type of uh, tense situation going on. Let's say that you have an interchange with your spouse. And they confront you about a particular issue, something you didn't do, something that's wrong, that kind of thing. Right away, we move into a defensive mode. We move into speaking without listening, uh, arguing, those kind of things. And this is what we need to pray, is that God would empower us when our spouse comes to us with a difficult issue, to listen first. To listen first and really try to figure out, what are they saying? What, what, what are they trying to communicate to me? And then listen and process that through and then respond appropriately. Uh, That's hard to do. Oh, That is really hard to do. Uh, Or we've all been through this before. You know, you walk into a room and your children are about to kill each other. And so you have to separate them. And you have to talk with one and say, okay, what happened? You talk with the other one. You say, okay, what happened? And uh, so you use your judgment and then you... Judge, jury, prosecution, those type of things. Uh, now, again, you can come in and just say, would you guys be quiet, you know, and send them to their rooms and not listen to them at all? Now, sometimes that has to be done because of time. But uh, it's much better, of course, to listen to them so you can teach them about what went wrong in their relationship, why, why, why this particular thing happened. So, you see, that's where wisdom comes from. Uh, is when you're patient and you listen to your spouse, you listen to your children, and then you figure it out. And then it says, uh, it is to his glory to overlook an offense. So, in the midst of listening and God working through you, you can overlook an offense. You can give grace to your children. You can give grace to your spouse, even though they may be misspoke or they did something wrong. Grace can be extended uh, to them as grace has been extended uh, to you. All right. So impatience is another problem we have. Another big one is pride. Pride. There are two perfect ages: four, when uh, they have all the an- all the questions. That is right. Now four-year-olds, you know, they got a lot of questions. <laughs> and fourteen, when they have all the answers. So. The best thing is to put a 4- and 14-year-old together, man, they'll have a great time. (laughs) Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. A wise man listens to advice. Many times, and again more so with guys, uh, we just... We kind of want to do things on our own. And we kind of fear that if we ask for advice, it looks like we're dumb, like we don't know what we're supposed to do. And uh, that's just a foolish orientation because we all need wisdom. Ask yourself this question, you know, when you run into a jam, a problem, who do you go to for counsel? Who do you go to for counsel? Do you have a couple of people that you normally go to? My dad, I, I, I always went to him for counsel. Yeah, but but I have other people for different areas of my life. And and when I run into a situation, I, I go to them for counsel because I know that I can mess things up pretty quickly. <laughs> and so I want to know what their wisdom is. And so I listen to them and I pray about it and I put it through my filter and I know the situation best. And that is the way to live, to live with counselors. But you got to humble yourself to do that, right? You've got to say, I need help. I need more wisdom than I have right now. And so, therefore, you pursue those people. So I would encourage you. And that's a beautiful thing, uh, being a church family, is that through relationships in small groups, relationship in ministry, other types of relationships you develop here, that you find people that you really have a chemistry with, that you really respect. And when you do run into a tough time, Spiritually or relationally, you can go to them and say, "Hey, listen, this is a situation. You got any thoughts? Can you pray for me?" That's what the body of Christ is all about. We've got to be teachable. Are you teachable? You want to learn. Another area uh, where we need to humble ourselves is uh, when someone criticizes us. Proverbs fifteen thirty one: He who listens to a life giving rebuke will be at home. Among the wise. Be at home among the wise. That's where I want to live, right? I want to be among wise people. I want to be known as wise, not out of pride, but just that's what God wants for me, to be wise. So if I want to be wise, I need to listen to life giving rebukes. That's when somebody comes to me and says, Dan, there's sin in your life. Dan, there's a weak spot or a blind spot in your life. There's a sinful pattern. In your life so I need to listen to criticism now again that doesn't mean I have to accept all criticism because some people are giving me criticism out of wrong motives and things of that nature but every uh, criticism that comes my way I seek to really consider and some you need to look at the source uh, you know why this person might be saying this to you but don't write it off just because the source I mean, if it's a source, oh, this person doesn't like me, this person, you know, I have had problems. you know, whatever. Uh, don't write it off totally because you've got to always bring that to God. That's the wise thing to do and say, OK, God, I know I'm far from perfect. So is there any kernel of truth here? All right. Any kernel of truth. And the closer the relationship, you know, whether it be a close friend or whether it be your spouse, the more you better listen Because they're probably right. If your spouse is giving you uh, feedback about an area in your life, again, we become defensive almost immediately, right? Not quick to listen, but quick to become angry. But we need to listen and take that in and realize that we're weak people. And uh, we're going to have a lot of issues that need to be corrected along the way as we become more like Jesus Christ. So we need to listen and see if there's a kernel of truth or whether whether there's a whole corncob of truth there. (laughs) It's all true. And that's hard, right, to say, I'm sorry. uh, I approached you in this way or you're right about this and and to humble yourself. But. It says a rebuke, but it says life-giving rebuke. That means that if you, you accept the rebuke and you respond properly to it, it will give you more life. It will give you richer life. If you just say, forget you, I disagree with you, that's not me, then you're going to continue on uh, with the deception in your life and uh, your denial of what truly is true. Uh, earlier... Uh, in our marriage, uh my wife would confront me about particular issues and I'd go into my lawyerly uh you know orientation and say, Okay, I want examples, I want video, I want time, I want <laughs> and, and sometimes she couldn't give that to me. And I said, Well you got nothing then. You got nothing, man And I'd walk away and say, Yeah, right. No, you know, and I've learned over the years that when she says something to me, even though she might not have a shred of evidence, <laughs> she's probably right. <laughs> and, and 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 what I might say to her is, I say, you know what? Let me think and pray about that. And would you you point out to me the next time I do that? Because I we're all we're all these blind spots, so you have permission to point it out. Okay. And that, that's how you do it. Uh, they might not have the evidence, but you they love you, and you need to listen. That's God speaking to you. Okay? So. All right. So those are some hearing distractions, presumption, impatience, and pride. Now we let's talk about some hearing aids, things that can help you in your relationship. Uh, hearing with your eyes. Uh, again, as you know, most of communication happens through body language. It's not... Uh, the content of what you're saying, it actually is, you know, how you say it and how you move your body and arms cross, all that type of stuff. And uh, I love the story of the rich young ruler and how the rich young ruler comes to Christ and says, What must I do to be saved? I follow all the commands. And Jesus is about to confront him about the fact that he's worshiping wealth. But before he does that, it says Jesus looked at him and loved him. Jesus looked at him. And loved him. How powerful is that? When Jesus would look, just imagine Jesus looking straight into your eyes eyes of love. Hmm. And that's what we need to do in listening. We need to look straight into a person's eyes. When was the last time you looked straight into your spouse's eyes? Well, you're about to do it right now. Okay, so I just want you to turn to your spouse. And I want you to look straight into their eyes, continually until I say stop. Okay. Straight into their eyes. Okay. Yeah. Look deep into their eyes. Oh, yeah, green, green eyes. I like that. Yeah. Some of you are just saying, "Harrison, we had a fight before we came today. What are you doing this to us?" You know. You know. No evil eyes out there. Stop that. Okay. Eyes of love. All right. Okay. Thank you. All right. A little uncomfortable, maybe? Yeah. That's what you need to do. You need to look into each other's eyes. Whenever you're listening to somebody, you want to, as much as you can, look into their eyes. You know, you have to give... It takes a lot of energy to listen, right? It takes a lot of energy to listen. I was talking with a friend this past week and talking about how, you know, you get to the end of the day and you're so tired and, you know... Most couples try to talk around 1030 at night. That's the worst time. You're just dead tired. <laughs> and then or letterman or whoever comes on. But uh, the point being is, is, you know, take the time to listen and to look into that person's eyes. True with kids is the same thing. You know, take 10 minutes a day uh, to, to, to listen to your kids, to, to focus in on them. In fact, you can take out your next step slip. And you can uh, look at, uh, let's see, number uh, two, circle number two. I will actively listen to my child for 10 minutes a day uh, this week. Those are also in your uh, notes. But uh, just, I mean, let's face it, guys. If you don't pay attention to your kids, what are they going to do? They're going to create some chaos, so you will pay attention. They want attention. They don't care how they get it. They want your attention. So let's be proactive and sit down with our kids and listen to them. Another hearing aid is listen with your heart. Uh, John four sixteen through 19 talks about Jesus' conversation with a woman at the well. And she was talking about, you know, where people worship. She was talking about the superficial stuff. And Jesus goes right for the heart. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. So he gets right to the heart of the matter. You've got relational problems a relational sin in your life. And this is so important. When your spouse is angry at you, You need to read between the emotional lines, right? Because typically anger is rooted in hurt or fear. Hurt or fear. People don't make that connection, but typically anger is... The reason a person is angry is that's the way they're choosing to express hurt or fear. So if your spouse is angry with you, you need to think, what is it that they're hurt about? What is it that they're fearful about? You just might ask them straight out, you know. Uh, but, but, but look for that, because that is so important to understand what's going on in your relationship. And, and some of you probably are thinking, Harrison, are we really talking about listening this much? Aren't there other things to talk about? Well, I'll tell you how important listening is in your marital relationship. You know how affairs get started? You think two people just say, hey, let's go down the street, get a hotel room. No, no. Affairs always start out with somebody listening to someone whose spouse is not listening to them. I can almost guarantee you that if you are regularly meeting the needs of your spouse, listening to their heart, that you won't have a problem with affairs. But I can also say there's a greater probability that if you're not listening to your spouse, if you're not connecting with them relationally and really hearing what's going on inside, there's a greater probability that they're going to go looking for that someplace else. And somebody's going to come along who is not necessarily incredibly attractive per se. It's somebody who cares about them. Somebody who listens to them. So let's meet the needs of our spouse so they're not tempted to go someplace else and get that need met. All right. Uh, We read in uh, Proverbs 20, verse 5, it says, The purpose of a man's heart are deep waters, but a man of understanding draws them out. The purposes of a man's heart are deep waters, but a man of understanding draws them out. So, guys, you are the leaders of the family and your marriage. And it's your job to draw the waters out of your wife. And your wife's emotions and her feelings run very deep. And the problem is we're so busy, we're moving so fast that uh, we don't talk about the real issues of life. You know, we're talking about the kids and the schedules and, you know, all the details and the finances and that kind of thing. But we don't talk about really important heart issues, how we're really feeling in life. And we've got to make time uh, for that. We have to make that uh, a very important priority. So I want you to write this down, okay? These are three great questions that you can talk with about your spouse. And you guys can go back and forth. And I want you to do this today. OK, I really would like you to do this today. Take 10, 20 minutes. All right. Here's the first question. You ask your spouse, what are you uh, singing about? What are you singing about? Uh, that means, what are you happy about? You know, what uh, is filling your life with joy these days? What uh, makes you happy? All right. What makes you happy? And right. what are you singing about? All right? Uh, the second question you want to ask is, what are you crying about? What are you crying about? What are you sad about? what What's a burden in your life uh, today? Uh, what are you crying about? Then finally, what are you dreaming about? What are you dreaming? about What are you looking forward to? what What gets you excited about waking up uh, tomorrow? And that's a very simple outline that uh, if you used on a weekly basis, I guarantee you that your relationship would go deeper because it covers joy, pain and uh, hope for the future. The final thing is uh, you make time to listen. You have to build it into your schedule. You can't do, you know, fly by listening if you're going to do it in the right way. Uh, I would really encourage you, again, uh, on your communication slip, there's a challenge there. Number one, I will actively listen to my spouse for 10 minutes a day this week. So you circle number one. I'll actively listen to my spouse for 10 minutes a day. So, you know, make it a, a, a summer project uh, for you guys, you know. And, and, and again, don't wait till the end of the night. Uh, you know, right after dinner... Uh, Do it. And, you know, go hide in the bathroom if you have young kids. (laughs) You know, and just talk to each other. You know, that's like a snack. You know, your relationship needs a snack every day where you just touch base with each other. No matter how busy it is, no matter if you're traveling, you know, try to have a snack each day just to touch base uh, with each other. Uh, The second thing uh, you need is a meal on a weekly basis. A meal. You need a date night. A date night doesn't have to be anything really, you know, big deal. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money. You can have a date night sitting on your sofa uh, just as long as it satisfies both of you in terms of uh, uh, the date. And, uh, you know, I, I, about a month ago I talked about my favorite places, and one of them was sitting on my end of the couch with my laptop and my remote control and uh my uh <clears throat> diet Pepsi. Uh but another favorite place of mine is Panera Bread. And uh Lori and I, when we don't have some have something else going, uh we'll just try to get over there for like an hour or so and uh just buy two drinks, three dollars eighty one cents. You know. It's very cheap, you know. Uh I take her other places, Wendy's and uh you know but uh no. Yeah. We just sit down and we just talk, you know, and uh, we listen to one another and um, we just kind of check in with each other. And some, sometimes it's pretty mundane and other times, you know, it's more meaningful. You know, it's, But it's just great to spend time with each other. So, again, you know, spend an hour a week at least one time. I don't care where you do it, you know, but just sit down and talk with each other and use. I mean, if you don't know how to talk to each other, and many couples don't, you know. they're not talking about details of daily living, just take those three questions that I gave you and work those questions and and really, uh, you know, enjoy uh, each other. So as we close, I really want to encourage you uh, to be good listeners Um, and pray for myself as well uh, because we all need to develop this art of listening. Again, it's it's one of the most beautiful gifts that you can give your spouse that doesn't cost any money. All right? Yeah. Let's pray together. Lord, I want to thank you for uh, my good friends here. Thank you for this series. Uh, thank you for what you've taught me through this series. Thank you for how you've worked in my heart. I want to thank you for how you've worked in the hearts of my uh, family here. and uh, Lord, I pray that we would be good listeners. I would really give that time over. It takes a lot of energy, but it's so critical to cultivating healthy relationships. Lord, I pray that we would lean on you, that we would depend upon you in every way for the health of our marriages. I pray for those marriages who are struggling. I pray that you would empower them in the midst of the challenges that they're facing and let them know that there is hope. That you do miracles. I've seen so many in marriages, and uh, uh, just pray that for them in Christ's name. Amen. We got a rusher's come forward this time, and they